forgive me this my virtue, for in the fatness of these pursy times virtue itself of vice must pardon beg, yea, curb and woo for leave to do him good. Shannon Camp. I'm Zach Powers. And this is Stage of Fools. The unofficial Royals podcast. Tonight we discuss Season 4, Episode 7, Forgive Me This My Virtue. Eleanor enlists Jasper's help for one of her covert missions. The press attacks Willow at an event for King Simon, and Cyrus makes an unlikely friend. Where to begin? Uh, I feel like that's what I say every week, but it feels more true now than ever when we are totally unsure still of uh, what the show is doing with Robert and with the end of this arc. Um. Well, I guess where to begin is the fact that Jasper's getting knighted and we missed that scene last episode. This... We literally didn't talk about it. Oh, yeah. Robert says like as a throwaway line that jasper is getting knighted and so we missed that on i guess our watch to ma- last episode. theoretically the goal is to make him less common um so that it's acceptable for eleanor to date him i guess okay so having said that um fuck. i wanted to say well it does sort of center around the event where Jasper is knighted, which is also a memorial for Simon, but it's also Robert and Willow's engagement announcement, and it's also many more things that we will get into. Yeah. Uh, and this actually kind of felt like a season one throwback to me in some senses. It was a very, like, event-centered episode. There was a time in the earlier seasons of this show when we could go nary an episode without there being some kind of fundraiser banquet or you know indoor circus uh, an or event for which sex the, party the plot can can kind of convalesce around i guess yeah. uh, uh coalesce i should say around oh yeah well uh cyrus did some con has done some convalescing over the years i guess um but uh yeah this one um Let's, because it's separated, like, again, like last episode, Cyrus, Cyrus on the sidelines. Yeah, we'll just make him our starter. He's our little little appetizer. On our CNN crawl for today, we have Cyrus on the sidelines written. That's that's the story of the week (laughs) for the second week in a row in the Venezuelan embassy has no contact with the main cast whatsoever. Uh, Once again, don't know what. The plan is for Cyrus for the rest of the season. There's three episodes left after this one. So they better fucking figure something out. Because right now he's just sitting around trading fucking crisps with people. It sort of feels like he's one of those characters when they decided they weren't going to do the actual Hamlet thing in season one and have a murderous brother and a treacherous wife, or I should say potentially treacherous, that the show has kind of at times floundered with what to do with Cyrus and how human to make him. But through it all, uh, is it Jake Mascal or Jake Manziel? Mascal. Mascal. The actor who plays Cyrus 
is always like, you know, he has so many tricks up his sleeve. He's very funny and surprising and he somehow makes all of these and he somehow makes all these choices feel cohesive. Anyway, the problem of what to do with Cyrus, I think, is doubled by the fact that um, now they introduced a new villain who that that villain, they also don't know if that character is a villain or not. Every um, character, it's like they create these villains and then they fall in love with them. You could say the same thing about Jasper, Helena, many other more minor characters where it's like they're bad to the bone, but aw, they really just are so conflicted because of their families. So even in this episode, we'll get to it later, there's a scene with Robert where I'm not sure to what degree we're supposed to read it as evil and to what degree we're supposed to read it as him doing like a preventative or like kindness or something. I would say more like he's a very controlling family member yeah. and he can be manipulative as a result, but that's not necessarily full out evil. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, Plenty I don't well-meaning people are manipulative. I don't know if we're supposed to read it as him being sadistic or him being genuinely concerned about the well-being of his brother. I agree. Um, so anyway, Cyrus is still in the Venezuelan embassy and basically his plot line revolves around him Again, in keeping what we were just talking about with these characters who are unrepentantly villainous at times and sometimes just not, he clearly feels guilty about this reporter that he banished to the Venezuelan ex like uh, embassy, who I feel like could just write Robert and be like, your shitty uncle, like exiled me can you undo that and well, robert would probably say yes didn't cyrus try to have him jailed and then this guy fled to the embassy to keep from being jailed i don't know some shit i don't think cyrus banished him to the embassy that's not a thing cyrus was that's, jailing these people well cyrus was exiled and that's yeah, why he's but at he the embassy chose the embassy he wasn't exiled to the embassy right i mean do you understand? I'm not saying that they were directed directly to the embassy. I'm saying they ultimately ended up there. No, no, no. I meant that I think he chose that as like sanctuary. Yeah. That no. makes it all the more villainous on Cyrus's part, though. Anyways, um, I don't know if there's one of these people in every embassy in London, but maybe. <laughs> A um, Snowden in every embassy. That's my promise. That's yeah. my campaign slogan. This guy is scarcely a Snowden. He drew like a <laughs> shitty campaign cartoon that it's made Cyrus look like an otter or some shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he feels bad about this for reasons. Um, and so he's like, I'm going to give him a bag of chips and that doesn't work out. The guy's like, don't try to buy me off with your cheap gifts. And he's like, well, I know one other, one other, one other trick up my sleeve. And that is of course the ever reliable field of sex work. So I am going to get Saffron to come and have sex with this guy in the embassy. But twist, Saffron and this guy already know each other because he finds sex workers on the internet because he's vaguely an Edward Snowden, even though he's just a journalist. Yeah, like there's, he didn't uncover, he's not a whistleblower. I know, but that's like the type of character they set him up to be, like. He plays video games. You know what games. I mean. He has the one of the most bizarre scenes. Okay, <laughs> so whatever. Eventually, eventually uh, during the, the 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 thing for Simon, the tribute to Simon, Snowden was like, 
I had a happy life. My family and my wife and bird 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 And I had a brother, but he died tragically. Well, he died and I couldn't go to the funeral because I was in fucking exile here because of you. And so at the end, when the tribute to Simon happens, Cyrus shows up to the guy's room all weepy. And he's like, you know, people thought that I killed and hated my brother. But he was a good man and he treated me well. I did occasionally hold a gun to his head or barge in on him with a sword. The writers thought I killed my brother for a while, but that's in the past. Um, and I can't even go to his his tribute because I'm I've been sent to this embassy, so I understand. The last time there was a tribute for Simon, he drove a car through it. Yeah, he did. But this one he feels sad about. <laughs> for reason. So, um then the guy's like you know what? And this is weird. I have an old version of Pong that only works with two people. Why don't you sit here, not talk, and play Pong with me? And they get out like Atari joysticks and start playing Pong. So that's that storyline. Yep, there's not much else to say. I thought the Pong thing was a little weird. I was like, is the joke that he knows that's the only video game Cyrus could manage? I don't know. That's not made clear. Even that would be like a deep cut, and that's me reading so much into it. I guess it's more supposed to be like a quirky thing. Anyways, Cyrus starts to make a friend. That's the point of that. Don't know what the fuck Cyrus is going to be doing. Maybe his new Snowden friend will hack the secrets. and Hack the net. And find all of the dark dark web stuff on, on Robert or whoever the villain is. Count Bellagio slash Jasper's Boone. dad. It was the whole time but uh maybe not who fucking knows anyway um meanwhile the palace is a tizzy as everyone is preparing for the big multi-purpose ball (laughs) it's like a pep rally yeah with different events um willow and robert as we said are planning to announce their engagement at it and willow is i guess getting press lessons from Helena primarily, I guess. They're trying to craft some sort of a fictional narrative about how she and Robert met each other, but I don't get how anything about their meeting was in any way shameful. And also the show is being hilarious because they're like, she's an ordinary girl. Her mother was an aristocrat who married a Brazilian horse heiress, but she gave up the aristocracy, so somehow being super, super rich, she's still uh, an ordinary girl. Um, It doesn't make any sense they pound home the idea numerous times the 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 competing narratives are like willow wants to come off as just an ordinary person and insists seemingly genuinely that she is in fact a completely ordinary everyday person now that describes another character from this episode Catherine. she seems pretty ordinary Catherine is actually the daughter of a bar owner yeah Hashtag same. But the show has conveniently forgot, as it occasionally just decides to disregard things about their characters, even things that were mentioned as recently as one episode ago, that her mother was royalty, gave up royalty, and that it has established in the past that Willow is crazy fucking rich. Oh, yeah, she swam in a champagne pool with Liam in, like, a couture corset dress. They met because they were on, like, the same 
croquet team. Oh she was on no, the croquet... it's cricket, isn't oh, it? I guess she was croquet cricket. She was Something. on the. She was on a cricket team. Polo, horse polo. She was on a horse polo. Okay, so this is the fucking <laughs> whitest, richest, Englishest fucking Mitt shit. Mitt Romney was there too. You are not an Dressage. ordinary. There is nobody worth less than a hundred million dollars who's on a horse polo team with the literal prince of England. Yeah. And somehow she took a job as a social media advisor. They stopped calling her their social media manager and start calling her their social media advisor. And then they fire her because she's engaged to the king. But like there's immediately even a, there's a point where so she, early in the episode, Helen is like, I have a dress I want you to wear to the celebration. And she Walks over and she <laughs> points out this dress, which is like a dress. If I saw it around town, I'd be like, that is a normal summer dress. Yeah, it's like a nice sundress you could wear as a guest at a not that formal outdoor wedding. Like, it's it's not even worth getting into the details because... It's like floral print. Yeah, it's like a floral print maxi length dress very nice it's like a silky texture it's not like it's made of cotton or something but it's in no way over the top all the flowers are different shades of muted blue and willow's like oh no this is way too excessive i was thinking something more simple and i was like what bitch like solid colors how does it get much more simple you're going to a ball uh yeah, well helena uses this as an excuse to like attack the thing that she's currently wearing, which is like jeans and a shirt. It's wannabe uh, Miranda from the Devil Wears Prada, the Meryl Streep character. She's like trying to have this moment where she like dresses her down, schooling her about the meaning of fashion. Yeah, but I mean, like, no, that is that is the perfect level. In fact, possibly slightly informal level of dress for the event that they're going to, even if she's not announcing her engagement. Compared to everyone else, she does look on the more informal side. Yeah. In that dress. But, uh, I mean, and increasingly, like, basically the continuing plot is that for some reason, Helena just seems to dislike Willow more and more over the course of the episode. That actually makes sense to me. Helena feels like she's being replaced by Willow, and she doesn't like that Willow isn't taking her advice because the one thing that Helena feels like she's given the world of value, even though we learn later in this episode that apparently she's founded like hundreds of charities never shown on the show before, um, is that she, you know, knows how to be queen. And she's trying to pass that on to Willow and Willow's kind of rejecting it is how she sees it. The underlying threat is that the press is going to eat her alive. Willow is like on her Facebook page and she's like, they've discovered my Facebook page. And there's like old pictures of her, like from college looking drunk or whatever. There is a picture of her like, oh, eating food on the street. I'm like, this is very like, you know, when a model takes one bite of pizza, just because we see Willow eating street food in a sweatshirt doesn't mean we're all going to be like, oh, look at this disgusting slob. She doesn't have her life together at all. And there's like internet commenters who are like, Prince Robert chose that over me. Hashtag <laughs> disgust. Hashtag bad choice. Like she's a gold digger. I'm like, that doesn't track at all because of the whole Brazilian horse, horse heiress. <laughs> horse heiress. Thing. Sarah Alice stopped by for just a moment. Hello. 
Um, Hello? Get out. Go hang out with the cat. <laughs> it's me. Um, anyway. Sarah Allen. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Willow immediately starts falling apart at the first internet criticism, which implies to me that she is unfit to be... <laughs> unfit to take this role she's supposed to be a social she's also supposed to be their social media manager and advisor and she's like i've got no idea how to deal with the press i'm like haven't you been fielding this shit for at least six months now and yeah and they're the most mild like the shit that you know that segment on jimmy kimmel where he has celebrities read mean tweets but it's always like super mild mean tweets that are like "Mm, i think that you know Anne Hathaway was nerdy looking when she was younger. And then Anne's like, oh my gosh, you got me. Yeah, it's like that (laughs) level. Unlike real internet criticism, which is like pure hatred (laughs) and vile. Um, Anyway, uh, so yeah, Willow's falling apart a little bit at the thought of this. Uh, As you know, listeners, I have been worried that the show is trying to pull a swapsies on us. And even though some bad things happened this episode, I think I actually may have been proven wrong about that, and I could not be happier to be wrong. I was very worried that the show is going to try to make it so that Catherine ended up with Robert and Willow ended up with Liam. And outside of an actual Shakespeare play, that much partner swapping and, like, you know, changing of female partners based on the male protagonist's whims is pretty insulting and dehumanizing so i think that there's been a fair amount this season of the show give a thing and take a thing away so for example there was a few episodes ago i was convinced that for the next two or three episodes at least one of the major plot points would be jasper did not reveal that his father was actually count bellagio to eleanor and i was immediately proven wrong he tells her right away and i was like they're going to eschew this very stupid, like, contrivance you see in every romantic comedy where the character has no reason not to be straightforward. In fact, a thing they've done on this show before. Um, I thought his father was going to stick around longer, period. I thought I think he was going to be, be more of a thorn in our side. Well, he's going to be back. Well, you know what? But, but He's but, fun. He's, some, he's something. But then... Once they do that, you're like, okay, so they're not doing that. So they can maybe focus more time on, let's say, for example, Robert Robert being evil. But then the show was like, but maybe Robert's not evil. And you're like, so what the fuck? You you didn't do the obvious thing in order to do the more interesting thing or the thing that feels more natural to the plot. But then you just didn't do that either. So I don't know. And it doesn't. It doesn't feel like mystery or like it's a complicated situation. It literally feels like at every juncture when there's a chance to make a decision, dropping all of your crayons and walking away from the drawing. Yeah. It's, I don't know. And like, just like every other last, maybe even more so, because at least in the past few seasons, like with the shitty Domino storyline, we like knew what the conflict was going into the last three episodes where they had to cram everything in at the end. I'm not totally sure what we're supposed to be rooting for right now i don't know pretty much no one is likable but eleanor anymore although jasper has redeemed himself somewhat when they stop talking about the drugging and here's the thing about eleanor and jasper their storyline seems to be fine like they are doing okay like they're happy they're doing nice things for people like there is no problem in that storyline never say never i actually there was a moment where they were fighting with each other in this episode i was like here we go contrived breakup 
No. Oh, no. I was stunned. They actually had an, a disagreement about something and worked through it. Can't hate. We'll get there in a minute, but let's talk about... So Liam and Catherine are seeing each other. There's a brief scene of them hanging out at like a public place. which It's I'm a sh- sidewalk cafe. It's just yeah. like a coffee. That's their thing. That's Liam's thing with every girl he's ever dated. <laughs> Red flag. But... Uh, I guess it's cool that they're just sitting there where the paparazzi can see them, even though the paparazzi has an idea of who Catherine is because she dated Robert that time. Well, but it's let's not cool. Just briefly catch people up in case they don't remember. Catherine won a date with Tad Hamilton with Robert. So as far as the press knows, they only went on one like obligated date. They don't know about their whole tryst. But I imagine the paparazzi would still follow Prince Liam around pretty doggedly. And if he was in a public place like a sidewalk cafe with this woman, oh yeah, they'd be taking pictures. But they're trying to be on the down low, like they can't, like they sm- they smooch though. Do they snoop at the, smooch at the sidewalk cafe? Yeah. Okay, I thought that's they... when Helena pulls up and is like, she interrupts them. That's what it is. Okay, yeah, Helena is trying to do like pre. She is the since Willow's got caught up in engagement planning, she's the new social media advisor, <laughs> and she's like, you can't let the paparazzi see you doing this, even though I'm sure the paparazzi would be every fucking where. It will overshadow Robert and Willow's engagement. Now this is a completely reasonable thing to me because it she... does later in the yeah. episode. So she's her argument is. The king is about to announce his engagement tonight. You know that. I'm not asking you not to be with Catherine. I'm saying just don't go public for like two months. Liam freaks the fuck out, even though he's previously been like, I'll wait for you with this girl. And she's not even saying don't see them in the interim. Yeah. It's just like, don't go public for a little while. It seems fucking reasonable as hell to me. He can't get through an episode without having a near tears tantrum. Anyway. Um, He's Hamlet. So uh, ultimately, um, they this gala begins, and there's a a glass effigy. I don't know. Um, they love making glass portraits of Simon, even though the last one got totally smashed. It's like, yeah, it's like a. I don't know what to say. It's like a glass etching, maybe. Yeah, it's something like, a, like that of, of King of Simon. Simon. There's also like a picture of him, like a a portrait photograph. And at one point, I think they they even showed the big, tall oil painting portrait of him, which we've gotten quite a lot of on the show. So that's probably the most King Simon will get, as Zach pointed out, while we were, while we yeah, were watching the episode. Maybe, maybe very slim chance he'll show up in the finale, but I kind of doubt it. But more importantly, I want to talk about this bullshit thing Liam and Catherine are doing. They're pretending not to be there together. So they're like, palm to palm is Holy Palmer's kiss. Like, standing... Almost back to back with each other, but, but shoulder just, to shoulder. Yeah, like they and talking straight ahead, so they look like complete morons. So they look like imagine that you are on the sidewalk and someone is walking towards you, and you are walking towards them, and you pass each other. But the second you like get half a step past each other, you both stop, stand stock still, and then just start <laughs> talking to the air. Now, no one knows we're talking to each other. Now, Shannon pinned this one on Liam and Catherine, but I think this is Catherine's move because Catherine does this with, or it's a Henstridge family move because she also does this with Robert a little later. The exact same move. No, I don't pin it on any of the characters. I think this is a bit of blocking that whoever directed this loved. They were like, oh my God, I have this really good idea. Let's use it twice. Um, so they have a conversation about how they love each other or some shit. I don't know. No, just that 
each other looks hot, basically. Okay, there you go. So it's a pointless conversation. Um, they do look hot, though. I mean, they both look great. That's I mean, definitely not the issue. Let's be honest. Just about every single person on this show looks hot virtually all the time. It's a very attractive group of people. Yeah, even like the least attractive guy this episode, like the lead reporter from the press, is an extremely He's handsome very handsome man. dude. Very handsome. Oh, repeat. Uh, that fellow's been on before. I think he was first introduced, in fact, in the same introdu- episode Willow was introduced. With the horse polo match, he was there talking to King Cyrus at the time. Everything is coming full circle. And how? Because who's Catherine's other conversation with? Uh, what, later in the episode? The other person she's standing almost back to back with. Oh, as I said, it's with Robert. But I, th- I think first we have There's, to... It's so hard to untangle this love square. There's so much that happened with, like, the press back and forth and everything. No, so... the. At this point, Liam has been cautioned not to reveal their secret. Robert wants to announce the engagement. So they're at this event. They're buying time because Jasper and Eleanor are doing something else that we'll get to shortly. Yeah. So Robert says, now's the time. Good news, everybody. I engage. And uh, <laughs> Robert's played by Tommy Wiseau in this one episode. Oh, no. Willow <laughs> would be so scared. Um, I mean, Genevieve Gaunt would be so scared. Um, and the press is immediately going after Willow, like, I don't know, what are they even saying? You're a common girl or some shit. It's very weird. I feel like if anything, they should be attacking her for being, like, super excessive because of the impression we got of her in earlier seasons. But whatever, I guess they think she's, like, the implication is that she's a gold digger. She's just trying to gain status because of her own, you know, mother being tossed out of the aristocracy It's pretty flimsy. I don't know. But regardless of how flimsy it is, Willow wilts under the the heat of the press a little bit. And Liam, seeing that Willow is uh, floundering, is like, time to make a big move. And he's like... Time to make it about me, like I (laughs) always do. And he goes into a very presentational mode where he's like... Oh, he seems like a professional magician. Yeah, it's very like... It feels rehearsed. Um, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. He's like smirking and like very winking smirking. at everyone the whole time. And he's like, I'm very proud of my brother, but he's the second luckiest fellow here tonight. It turns out uh, Catherine may have won a date with my brother months ago, but ultimately she stole my heart. <laughs> it's the worst. I was like screaming at the TV. I can't understand how anyone in universe would like or support Liam. And while they were upset about ordinary girl Willow, or actual ordinary girl Catherine is a big hit with the paparazzi. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. Um, That's why it would almost make more sense. It's like, Oh, Catherine's an every girl. She's not an aristocratic social climber with money like that willow. Like, you could actually set up an interesting sort of poor girl, rich girl duality, but that is, no, we're not even in the universe of that. So, uh, basically, Willow, Willow is thankful, I would say. Her reaction is that she is glad that the heat is off. She's glad to have the attention stolen away, but then a reporter, a reporter asks Liam a follow-up question, and things get worse for me. I don't remember. Before that moment is over, after Liam is, like, introducing Catherine in that same little bit, a reporter goes, what do you think of Willow? 
and Liam dials the charm up to fucking 11. He's like, I don't even remember what he says. Obviously this being Liam, it's more just platitudes and flowery language about how like, Willow makes everyone better with her grace and blah blah blah. And if it weren't, if it didn't feel so insincere and hollow, it actually would be a really nice speech. But obviously Willow is incredibly moved by it. She's almost crying. She definitely looks like she's in love with him. And that is so frustrating for me. But uh, Robert looks quietly irate and definitely doesn't see it as uh, Liam helping out. Because then Liam and Catherine kiss and Robert very competitively kisses Willow. And it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the reactions afterwards are as follow. Willow is grateful. Catherine is happy. Gra- not just grateful. She's moved to tears. Okay, so Willow, positive reaction. If this were Sims, she would have a little positive sign coming green up. Green plus, green, green plus. Green plus, green plus, green plus. Oh, you're so embarrassing. He knows nothing about the Sims. Catherine, green plus, green plus. Uh, Helena, green plus. Uh, actually, in spite of what she said earlier, she's like, it was going poorly. You did the right thing. Robert, negative, red negative. I would go so far as to say maybe even two red negatives. Two red negatives. The show, the show wants the audience to have one to two green pluses. <laughs> I had two red minuses. My, my mood bars were going way down and I'm going to end this belabored metaphor now. Uh, but the show thinks that this was a very noble and kind and good thing to do. And, and it's pretty clear. And Robert's the only one who disagrees with that assessment. So. Catherine also seems very uncomfortable for her part. Does she? Okay. But she's silent, of course. So uh, near the conclusion uh, of the party, um, Robert and Catherine do their back-to-back walk-by scene. It's a spin on the Sorkin walk and talk. <laughs> it's the walk, stop, <laughs> Talk and roll back <laughs> move. Um, and Robert's like, I still love you. And Vertiburger, I want you to come by my room tonight. And we're like, oh, so at this point, like he he we thought it was bizarre that he turned down an affair last episode. I actually didn't think because I'm like, maybe they're saying that he really is in love with Catherine. Okay. Because of their lingering looks, which were also on the previously on. A lingering look means more on this show than someone being in their underwear in front of someone else. Um, that's true, I guess. Because everybody's in because their it's underwear. So all the rare. Time. That's what right. I'm saying. So if it was you get significant. Hired, if you get hired at the palace for the past two years, you are in your underwear just at work all the time. So And now you're a Joffrey Ballet intern who's in way over their head with this study abroad program. Yeah. Uh they get they get uh, you know, yelled at at some point in this episode. Um anyway, she's like, I can't resist you. I know I hate myself, but I know I'll be there tonight at 9.30. (laughs) She's like, I know you're with Willa. And I know that I'm going to hate myself for this, but I know that I'll be there. And the show is clearly like, this is devastatingly sexy. But it is not. They both just seem like really bad people. Yeah. Uh, So... And I, I did get the impression that maybe at this point was the show trying to make us think Robert was evil again. It's hard to tell. But there's 
if I may play devil's advocate on my own podcast, which is an appropriate place to play devil's advocate, uh, I would actually say it might also be check marks in the Robert not evil column because what with, with what transpires next, maybe because buh, 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 no, just based on Robert potentially still having super strong feelings for Catherine, because what if he didn't kill Simon? What if he really was stranded on that island for normal reasons? And what if he really was pining after Catherine the whole time? We saw him hallucinate her on the island. And that was from his point of view. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, that would make sense. But by the end of the episode, it seems like that may not be the case. <laughs> so put him up, knock him down. It's like bumper bowling. Uh, lay, uh, a little later in the evening, Robert is alone in his one of the rooms of the palace, his study or some shit. And knock, 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 open the door. Catherine's there, as she said she would be. Um, and I don't know. They have like brief, like they don't lustful talk. She, she's just like, he's like, I didn't. I don't know if you remember if he says, I knew you would come or I didn't know you would come. And she's like, Blah, blah, blah. I love Liam, but I just, I still love you. I couldn't resist. I had to come. And then Robert looks over her shoulder and is like, see, brother, you had to hear that. And Liam was standing there just in an open doorway the whole time. I gasped. I gasped. Reader, I gasped. So basically, uh, it was a a, a sting operation to prove that Catherine was uh, no good Nick for Liam. She leaves in tears. Uh, Liam's like, I don't want to hear it, which I feel like might be a sensible thing to say in this particular situation. At this point, they should not be together. There have been wrongs on both sides and they should not be together. But she should definitely not be with Robert either. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. She's been back with Liam for like a week and she's full bore ready to have an affair on him already. And it's like, "Mm, maybe... Maybe Catherine actually is kind of a shitty person. Yeah. Or at least she has very, very, very poor impulse control because last season she did the same thing with the brothers in reverse. She was with Robert and just couldn't resist Liam. That's true, yeah. So... (laughs) For one moment, Zach's face crumpled up like, this cannot be! I'm trying to remember the fucking chronology because she's with Robert and then he maybe dies and then Liam shows up and she's with Liam. Robert, Liam, Robert, Liam... Robert, no one, I guess, is the sandwich now. Okay, so that's going to be on the test. <laughs> it um, will not be multiple choice. Knowing this show, I'm sh- I'm shocked that Eleanor was not in there somewhere um, at the end of the day. But any- Hey, we got a few episodes left. Yeah, I think that may be a wrap on Catherine. I'm not sure. Um, I thought she was out of the show long before this. It's truly impossible to say who's off or who's on. I mean, I don't think Greta will come back. I feel comfortable saying that. I feel comfortable that. saying that too. Uh, maybe maybe now that Catherine's out of the picture. Uh, anyway, um, so Robert is like, I know that was hard for you, but you needed to see that. I'm just trying to look out for your best interest. So for a second, when the reveal happens, you're like, well, maybe he's just being sadistic with Liam. And then he gives a speech and it's like, well, maybe he is protected. Maybe he's just an overbearing family member the way that Helena is, because Helena is extremely overbearing and manipulative. But the show also wants us to classify her as capital G good. Yeah. For Gertrude. And I mean, in Robert's defense, like it makes sense that if Liam is with a, person who is willing to 
cheat on him that easily one conversation it's like yeah i'm in we are definitely having i am cheating on my boyfriend like i feel like she's gonna cheat on him sooner or later yeah with someone who called her like a slut or a whore the last time they slept together not in like a fun dirty talk way in a i am demeaning you way yeah i feel like robert has a point like you know sooner or later this is gonna be something bad is gonna happen with this relationship and it's probably good to just not wade in too deep like there's a logic to that if that's how easy it is to make this woman cheat on her boyfriend now the show has only three episodes to try to cobble together a full-on love triangle arc for robert liam and willow or figure out and figure out if robert is evil (laughs) or just kind of controlling but good intention yeah so anyway who among us doesn't fit into that category am i right yeah i don't so that's that's what's going on Let's just get through Eleanor and Jasper. It's a lot of uh, very fluffy stuff. It's like Robin Hood. It's the it's made Marion came along and Frenched him in a closet. It's the comedy beep. Um, yeah, Eleanor is um, kind of like I've I've been Robin Hood the whole time, and Jasper is disapproving because he thinks initially his view is very almost like sort of. I mean, it's supposed to be informed, I think, by his childhood being raised by a con artist, but it's also kind of like a Rand, like a Paul Ryan Republican kind of thing where it's like poor people are just takers and scammers and they'll bleed you for yeah. all they're worth. Well, he thinks they're all lying, but those cat, that cat lady's tears were real, man. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be like, because he was raised by a con artist, his view is that all people are lying and cheating and all that. But, um... Eleanor sticks to her guns, though, and for once doesn't let herself be steamrollered by his emotions, which was nice. But they have this argument, and this is the point where Shannon was like, oh, I think this is going to be a... Uh, a contrived breakup. A contrived breakup. Uh, because they've had so many. Can you blame me? I... I didn't feel that way watching the argument. I felt like it had the the pacing of one of those comedy arguments that ends with like them making out. I'm just going to go ahead and say it up front. This whole B-plot was much better than I expected. Okay. It is very light in the loafers and ideologically slight in terms of have any whatever relevance. point they're trying to make about charity or anything. But it was nice to see Eleanor and Jasper do something constructive that wasn't just about them, but also didn't involve like a cancer kid, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's a slight story that doesn't have any relevance on the show going forward but it happened and it was fine um so they have sex uh and then their fight continues after they have sex um and so meanwhile jasper is getting groomed by robert he gets a super swanky fucking rolex that he trades in his old beat up watch for uh reluctantly and eleanor uh has recently left in a scene we saw earlier a gold-plated pen for a couple of poor people who uh, had a nice two-story house. Yeah, they had a really nice... No- I mean, I don't want to sound like a Republican. Like, 90% of people above the below the poverty line have refrigerators. You know, like, I don't want to sound like that. But they seem to be doing okay. I made the comment that maybe they're struggling with their mortgage maybe or something. So. But the, the, their house, they, they appeared squarely middle class. Before we actually do the Eleanor and Jasper stuff, we kind of have to talk about this pen. So Eleanor gives away this pen, but we learn later in the episode that Eleanor knows that this is the pen that her father used to sign her parents' no, marriage that's certificate. That's not true. 
What? That's not true. She does not know that. When does she learn that? So Helena wants to present a gift to this Simon tree, right? Yeah. And she's freaking out like, the pen's gone, the pen's gone, somebody stole the pen. And she's like, call in the the ballet dancers that we call help. <laughs> One of them this. stole the pen. And she starts yelling at the ballet dancers. And Eleanor's like, what are you doing? Why are you so angry with the staff? And she's like... One of them took your father's, this pen that was like, used to belong to your father. And she's like, don't we have a billion of those pens? Eleanor's like, yeah, we have hundreds of those. And she's like, this pen is special because it's the one he used to sign our marriage certificate, your birth certificate, every international treaty in the past 30 years. Okay, Okay, sweetie. Okay. (laughs) Not how that works. No, King does not do that. But Eleanor clearly had no idea. Oh, okay. I missed that scene one of a hundred gold-plated pens. I thought she gave it away fully knowing, and I was so confused. That yeah. makes a lot more sense. So then Eleanor, uh, after realizing it is a special pen, is like, oh, um, yeah, probably one of the staff took it. And she has lets Helena keep on yelling at them. But she's like, I'll bet they find it later. Um, and she enlists Jasper to go get it back, because now she knows this is a very special particular pen but she didn't know that when she gave it away okay then she remains the show's most likable character i mean i'm fine with letting her have that title so it's all good uh yeah so they go they break into this house uh eleanor wears uh her spy gear which is like a leather jacket and a somewhat low-cut black top well, she also has to be dressed for the gala, so she's also wearing, like, a big oh, yeah. red sweeping I think, skirt. I think she wears the spy gear when she first drops off them. You're right. They, like, even talk... The, peop- the, the common people talk about her fashion in this episode. Yeah. So they better hope Robert doesn't throw them in jail for that one. But, uh, yeah, they... There's actually a scene... There's a moment that I really liked. They're looking around the house. There's like looking at stuff. Eleanor doesn't even understand how ordinary people live. She doesn't know what a washing machine is. And Jasper's like, wouldn't this be nice? Me coming home from work at the end of the day. You doing laundry, making dinner. And Eleanor is like, yeah. Or it could be me coming home from work while you do the laundry, make dinner. And Jasper is like, huh. His his look on his face like, you got me. You got me. I was falling into the old patriarchy. <laughs> That's the closest this show will ever get to feminism, so I'll take it. Yeah, so they're, they, oh, yeah, we should say, we didn't really mention this, but Eleanor's method of giving these gifts is full on breaking and entering. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a, a short montage at the beginning of her breaking into people's homes to drop off these gifts, as opposed to what she did last time, which seemed to work. Just putting it on the front fucking porch. Maybe she worries someone would steal it and she needs to do it under the cover of night. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like there's a better way than literally breaking into people's homes, but okay. Well, break into them, they do. They break into this couple's home. The The couple comes home. Obviously, Jasper and Eleanor hide in a cupboard under the stairs and Zach kept waiting for a Harry Potter joke. And but there never, was none. Which never is came. surprising because the show has talked about Harry Potter before, but mostly in relation to Willow and Robert. That's true. Willow is canon. Willow likes Harry Potter because she's an ordinary girl. Who was in the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they overhear the couple talking about them. The husband is a little bit critical in the way that, like, your dad would be of royal frivolity. I don't mean your dad, Zach. I mean, like, 
a dad. My dad. He's I, not grouchy about it. I'm sure my dad has no opinion on anything involving the actual royal family. What I mean is it's not like he's like a troll who's like, fuck the royal family anarchy in the UK. He's like just making yeah. some like vaguely disparaging comments about Eleanor. But they're e- to even call them disparaging is making them sound meaner than they are. Yeah, he says that he's not sure about Eleanor because she's all about drugs and dudes or something like that. Yeah, which for years and years and years was, I mean, like, the show opened with there being a crotch shot of her dancing on a table on the cover of the tabloids. And I'm not saying that was her fault, but she definitely had a party girl reputation for years. So sort of a throwback. Uh, But the wife is more complimentary. She has nice things to say about Eleanor and Jasper as a couple. And she's like, oh, Eleanor's fashions are always so interesting. I wonder what she'll pull together. Uh, And since I love the costume designer for this show, I was like, same. Um, But Eleanor can't stand it anymore. And she bursts out of the cupboard with Jasper, explains what's going on. And the couple is pretty accepting. Yeah, so they found the gold-plated pen before the couple arrived home in the refrigerator, the freezer, I guess, for some reason. Um, and they were just trying to find a time where they could sneak out with the pen. But when they barge out of the under-the-stairs cupboard, Jasper is like, he decides in place of the pen, he's just going to give him the Rolex that he didn't want from Robert anyway. And so everybody's happy. Uh, he gets his old watch back and he's like, this watch has sentimental value. Oh, because I worked a real job one summer and I saved up my money and this was the first thing I ever bought that I really earned. I kind of liked this. I Again, this was something I had absolutely no problem with. Yeah, it was fine. It um, was like a nice bit of character development that for once wasn't tied into his dad directly, although obviously it was indirectly. And Robert was, I think, pissy about him wearing the old watch because, again, Robert's very controlling and he wants Jasper to be, like, elevated to the level of acceptability. I mean, he's image conscious to the point where he started a blackout so that he could dismantle democracy. Is that so. about his image or is that because he's a secretly an evil dictator but no one no, cares? No, I mean, he didn't, he did that purely through, like, the force of his image. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, through videos of him making speeches in crowds and, like, flowery remarks about parliament. Those, that was all just creating his image as, like, the Robert F. Kennedy of England. And also, worth noting, listener, um, if you were wondering if the paparazzi ever asks about how the king just a couple weeks ago dissolved parliament. They do not. They're way more interested in who's dating who. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Uh, Jasper gets knighted. Eleanor and Jasper are happy. And Jasper's like, you know what? I felt really good helping those people. And I understand why you do it. And it's a really noble thing. I'm into that. Be Have a healthy relationship for once. It's great. So good. And I think great. that that's it. Like, I don't know if anything else... Is there a big twist at the end that we're forgetting? No, I think we ended with the big, dramatic Robert-Liam-Catherine scene. So that was my fill of drama, for sure. Yeah, I guess... Fill my cup. I guess we should say about the Liam-Robert-Catherine thing. After Catherine leaves, Robert says he only ever tried to protect Liam. And he wants one day for Liam to understand that and just have a drink with him as brothers. And Liam says... I do understand that. Let's have that drink. Immediately after sending Catherine away, by the way. (laughs) So it seems like Liam at least is acting like 
he gets where Robert is coming from in this Catherine sting. And the show plays it as Robert is being totally sincere. He could be proved to be insincere in the future. I would not necessarily rule it out. But I just want to say the show plays it like as you. straightforward. So what the fuck is going on? What's the conflict? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who's the bad guy? Is there one? We don't know. Is the only conflict that maybe Willow is conflicted? Is that the only source of conflict left in the show? Maybe. That's boring. Someone overthrew democracy and I don't want it to end has with a love triangle. Been, has not been mentioned since it happened. Mm, well, let's end things on a positive note. What was your favorite moment or image from this episode? Oh, should I... I forgot to think about this during the course of the episode. It's a tough one because I feel like there wasn't a lot about this episode that I loved compared to the Feast one where there was at least a selection of fun moments. But I'm actually going to go with the big twist of Robert setting up that trap for Catherine and then revealing Liam to be there. It was at least interesting. I didn't see it coming. I, that's the thing. I totally didn't see it coming. I thought it was going to be that they were really having an affair now. I did too. So I, like I said, I actually gasped out loud. And if the show can surprise me that much instead of making me go, oh, hmm, then credit where credit is due. Uh, I guess for the sake of variety, uh, I'll just go with the much lighter, sillier moments of uh, Eleanor and Jasper hiding in the cupboard under the stairs uh while the two common folks watch the royal ball and are like i wonder when eleanor is going to show up yeah that was also very it had a certain amount of charm it felt like something from like a play you know like noises off or something where it's like a comedy of misunderstanding i will say the point where i most expected the harry potter joke was eleanor comes out and they're like oh my god it's prince eleanor and then Jasper comes out and they're like, who else do you got back there? And Jasper looks back and I expected him to turn back and say, just Harry Potter. But instead he says nothing. It's really cute. The wife actually goes all excited. Who else is in there? I forgot about that. I did love that. That was great. Well, what's going to happen next week? We genuinely know. have no idea. Because it doesn't seem like there's much of a plot. <laughs> Every day is a winding road. So unlike last previous seasons where they had to wrap up a very long, sprawled out plot very quickly in three episodes when they should have done it in five, in this season, they have to create a plot <laughs> and wrap it up in the remaining three episodes. It's like a 24-hour play festival. It's not going to be very good, but it is going to get performed. Yeah. Well, uh, that's. I think that's going to be it for this week. All right. Uh, I'm Shannon Camp. I'm Zach Powers. Talk to you next time. Bye. Sorry, I have to kick the cat out. Luna, bad girl. Bad girl. No scratching the bench. Bad girl, get out. Come on. Get in here. Come on, you know what you need to do. Come on. Okay, see you later. We cannot have the cat in here when we're podcasting.